And we've invited you here today, Amelia, to talk about art. Mm. Well, I feel like just living in Berlin, existing in Berlin, you're living and breathing art. I mean, for me, I... I ride everywhere in this town, as mm. most people do. What, some of the best artwork I see is the street art. Absolutely. I was, that was, you know, I was besotted when I first came to Berlin years and years ago. And I have a lovely German friend who took me and showed me a lot of the outbows and, mm-hmm. you know, where some of the really old political propaganda and stuff still resides. Mm-hmm. But the thing I love about street art is that it's, you know, prone to the weathering, mm. you know, wind and water. Um, to the elements and those that exist in it, whether they, you know, pull it apart or or damage it in some way. But as the artist, I mean, it's their gift, you know, mm. for such a temporary amount of time. And there's a street artist here in Berlin, El Bocho, whose work I really, really love. He's a Berlin-based illustrator and his stuff is on paper, so it's usually four or five big panels of paper glued to a, a wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's normally big faces or busts of women. Mm. And they always have lovely little saying like, I miss my outbow or fly me to the moon or this city loves me. He's coloured, you know, slums in Nigeria and, wow. you know, won lots of awards. And like many street artists, he, he likes to maintain his anonymity with, you know, obviously his moniker and any photos he is in, he's pixelated his face. So I quite like the mystery about mm-hmm. that. Um, but... For me, I'd have to say, you know, obviously since moving to Europe and having access to, you know, Vincent van Gogh's uh, artwork and his gallery because Lust for Life had a huge impact on me as a young student uh, and his story and now being able to see his paintings. Mm. In the flesh. In the flesh. But I think probably some of my favourite art is Indigenous art, namely rock art because as a bushwalking guide for 16 years in the north um, of Australia, I was really privileged and blessed to be able to access some of the most remote areas. And obviously Mm. you have to do this on foot. And even if you, a chopper, you know, a helicopter drops you in, you've still got to clamber through some of the most inhospitable and inaccessible stone country. And you just see the most incredible, incredible sort of canvas Mm. of some of the most stunning art ever. And I feel really blessed to have been able to be allowed uh, um, Did you have to see have permits to go into that? Territory? Yeah, we always yeah. we always had permits. Yeah. We always liaised with whoever you know the, the traditional conservation owners. commission. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is like the the ochre pits and mm. the different colours. Mm. Um, you know, down south, it's sort of the petroglyphs, the rock carvings, mm-hmm. and that. But this stuff, I mean, when you would stumble across a gallery where you just would sit for hours and hours, and obviously leading these bushwalks, you have like minded gutsy, Mm. outdoorsy, empathetic, sensitive Mm. to the environment Mm. and now sensitive to the cultural surroundings that they're in because I guess what I wanted to say was there was I had so much access um, to this art and it was really beautiful and I would often take clients back time and time again. There was a particular site in the north of the Kimberley just north of the Isdale River, which is one of the deepest gorges in, in the Kimberley, which is in the north of Western Australia. And I was with a 72-year-old client called Jack, a lovely, marvellous man whose children had bought him a backpack and bushwalking boots for his 66th birthday. And he trained for years and years because he always dreamed of going on one of these Willis Walkabouts bushwalks. And, you know, there's no paths. It's all mapped compass. You know, I'm Mm. the leader. 
Uh, most of them would go, oh, you're, you're a girly? Uh, you sure you can do this? You're not going to get on your period, are you? And oh get upset Lord. and lose us, get us lost? I'd be like, yeah, probably, probably all of that jazz and I'll attract crocodiles and we'll all wound up dead. dead. So strap yourself in, let's go. <laughs> wow. But he was a delight and 72, you know, and, I mean, fit as a fiddle. As he said, I could walk anyone into submission. <laughs> Um, but he'd be like, what are we up to this afternoon? We're going on a, an Amelia special. We're going on an Amelia special. I've seen some rocks. I've seen some rocks. We should get amongst them. Of course you've seen some rocks. Yeah, I've seen some rocks. I think there's art up there. Mm. So we would always run away together and have little adventures, which, you know, we'd end up just sitting on top of a rock talking about life. But we were walking up this creek system one day. And I'm pretty gutsy, you know, I, I don't mind heights. I've done some dangerous shit and I've been lucky and survived. But we were walking along this creek system, just he and I, and he was slightly ahead of me and we were on this rock ledge. Now, it wasn't high, uh, it wasn't steep, it was probably only two metres up, but I started to get really congested. I, I, I felt really nervous that I was going to fall. Mm. I, my mouth dried up. Whoa. I, 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 I felt... Like I, I've never had asthma, but I have a mother who has asthma. So, and I had a friend who really suffered badly. So I started to understand that constriction. Yeah, and the anxiety associated with not being able to take a deep mm. breath. And mm. I was like, ah. Oh. And he was like, "Come on around here. There's nice handholds. Come on. Oh, it's beautiful around here." And I was like, "Yep, coming." But I couldn't breathe, and I got really, really nervous. I got clammy hands, dry mouth, and I just went, "I can't go on." I can't go on. Then I heard him go, bloody hell, look at the size of the balls on him. Right? And he had stumbled into what I believe to be a male area, yep. a sacred site where I wasn't welcome and I was not made welcome because that the energy. The energy was pushing me back. Wow. And so Whoa. he came back and I said, I can't go forward. I can't. Oh he goes, God. there's a lot of penises. <laughs> But, yeah. you know, there's testicles. And he said, there's cutting tools. This is definitely wow. a men's site. And yep. I said, I can't go. Yep. He goes, you wow. want me to take photos for you? I said, no, no, no. Mm. No, no, that's just for you. We'll keep that secret. You can share that with the other guys, but I can't come. Mm-hmm. So he explained it to me. Extraordinary, yeah. Amelia. So it's almost like rock spirits were stopping you or something like that. You could feel this ancient energy. Definitely. And you were not allowed to go there. It's wow. one of a couple of times Nature that spoke. I've been pushed yeah. back. Whoa. And that was the first time I actually really felt it, though, mm. and was breathless. After mm. that, I sensed. I am not welcome here, mm. so I'd turn the group back because I also think, no, this energy is so prevalent. And there was this fantastic art historian specifically with Aboriginal art in Australia, George Chaluka. Mm. He was a Czechoslovakian man who fell totally in love. My husband, Oliver's best mate, Liam, it was his dad, father-in-law. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I yeah. was very fortunate yeah. to have time with him mm. uh, because he lived in the, in the apartment next door to my other friend who was a bushwalking guide and... He discovered thousands and thousands mm. of, of rock art sites in, mm. in the Northern Territory specifically and he created a definitive chronological sequence of time as mm. to when the art was created. And he taught me a lot but I remember specifically with his giant big Territorian beard and his very thick accent, he said to me, you know, implored me actually to respect the country and, and those still residing in it. Meaning the energy. Wow. And, um, the ancestors. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And his wife, Pina, 
She also worked a lot. While he was off with the men seeing sights, she would sit with the Indigenous women and they too took her to a couple of theirs. And she told me about this site in Kakanu National Park in the Northern Territory. And it's in this magnificent part right out the back on the edge of Arnhem Land. And it's a place which we call Crystal Cascades because you drop into this creek system and for three days you're deep into it, crossing over, clambering up and around the water. But it's crystal clear, sea green, aquamarine, bodies of water, plunge pools. It's just stunning. And she wrote me a little mud map. And she said, you know, once you find it, burn it, because this is just something I'm sharing with you. And I went down this creek, and I, even before I was there, I, I sensed it. Mm. And just on this really sharp right-angle turn in this Cascades was a cave, and it was up high on the left. And just as you got to it, the creek really narrowed between the most beautifully smooth rocks, almost like you know, a, a canal, like a, a really, really narrow, what I always say was like the birthing canal. Mm. And then it opened out in this burst of like a little quick burst of water into this really deep black pool. And no one ever swam in it, to my knowledge. Because up on the left-hand side where you clambered up was what I realised was a birthing cave. Mm. Uh. And it was a women's area. Mm-hmm. And it was like pregnant bellies, squatting, birthing, Some just squatting, some with the baby outside. Really big sort of um, breasts, babies Mm. hanging off Mm. breasts. And as I said, it was quite crude. It wasn't particularly artistic. But what was beautiful in the centre of it was this big flat raised stone like a bench Mm. that was so smooth that you could see perhaps, hopefully, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of years of birthing had taken place on this. And it was really beautiful. And you would sit and you'd look out over this creek and you would look down and go, that does look like a birthing canal down Mm. there. That is, you know, this water just narrows and tapers through and then juts out really quickly at the end. The pool is black, it's really deep. It's not ominous and frightening, but, you know, it's not for people to go and swim in, Mm. possibly just for the women, you know afterwards Mm -hmm. or wash the baby and whatever there is so much energy associated not just with the rock art I mean yes it is but all art and whether it's you know it's a gift from the artist whether they're divining or you know Mm. a conduit for 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 information from a different place to continue through time or it's exposed to the elements I mean we're just so lucky to be able to be in the presence of it Mm. and I just love living in Berlin because it is one big canvas Mm. and I love to frequent and be the star of it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so from the ancient, wow. mystical, spectacular caves of Kakadu National Park. To a bedroom in Moabit. And it's surrounding vacant lots with uh, paste-ups and stencil art and graffiti. Mm. Sam and I, inspired by that amazing story, Amelia, might just have to rush out now and in giant letters paint commit no nuisance on the side of this outbow. I think <laughs> yes. so. In thank you. To you, in gratitude to you. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again next episode of Three Wicked Women. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm now off to commit no nuisance.